Oh, hi there. It's M.P. Fitzgerald, and I'm still pretending to play the jazz piano. If you like a happy bureaucracy, you're sure to love Death Incorporated, a people-of-color-run dark sci-fi comedy about a dystopian corporate afterlife. This shit is mandatory. Check it out. Dehito Productions presents. I take it you don't remember anything after boarding the plane either. Right. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. Season one of Death Incorporated. Jesse! Where the shit are you? Zoe! Zoe! Starring Evan Schwartz and Joy Ireland. Death is forever. That to me is so much better than any sudden change. Unbelievable. You want to stay in this literal ghost town because of Katy Perry? Katy fucking Perry. Featuring Don Reed. Her and I actually get along really well. Best friends, you could say. Sam, it's Colleen. Fucking decline. And Charles Taylor. Voice mode activated for level A interactions. You died peacefully. How can I help you? Death Incorporated. Narrated by Helena Reed. Join us on all podcast platforms or at deathinc.rip. The pretend jazz piano keeps on playing and I can't stop it. Somebody help me. But seriously, this podcast is awesome. Check them out. Nobody's paid me to say this. They're freaking awesome can find them anywhere that podcasts are available or you can find them at www.deathinc.rip all right and now for something completely different fear and loathing in the wasteland the happy bureaucracy book two by M.P. Fitzgerald, narrated by Gary Bennett. Author's note. Strewn between drug use, groin malice, and cursing on a level tantamount to sacrilege are even more gratuitous mentions of bureaucracy. These bureaucratic references may not be for the weak of heart. Also, child endangerment Did I mention child endangerment? Chapter 14 The men did not know what to do with her. They found the tent empty. They led dinner there, saying that Arthur was there, that he should be around. He was not. This was okay. She was tired, hungry, and devastated. She could wait. The men assured her that Arthur would probably be back, So she sat down and cried silently to herself. The men did not notice. When the klaxon rang, Ralph headed to the exit, only to be stopped by his cousin. It's safer to have an army between us and the slavers. We should stay here. They won't notice the difference, Richard said to an offended-looking Ralph. If Ralph wanted to protest, he didn't, and instead turned around and joined the pouting little girl. Despite her best efforts, she could not get Rabia out of her head. She could see Rabia on the ground in her mind. 
she still had one of the crayons Robbie had gifted to her in her pocket. What was worse, she now had to kill Arthur, though she didn't want to. Dinner's life had improved so much since she met Arthur. Without meeting him, she would not have met Robbie. She didn't want to lose another person she liked, that she cared about. But what could she do? Boyd had made things clear. Boyd was an adult. Adults ruled the world. She briefly thought of running away, but images of Robbie flooded back to her, and she suddenly found that she was paralyzed with grief. The cousins, Ralph and Richard, paid her little mind. They argued about duty and pride and safety, and, well, dinner just didn't care. They argued about stupid stuff, and she sat and waited. It happened sooner than she thought it would. She did not have to wait long. Arthur parted the tent's entrance. He did not see her. Now was her chance. She quickly pulled a gun out and aimed it at Arthur. But then, Robbia, she was behind Arthur, alive. That was it. The little girl couldn't take any more emotional roller coasters. Her friend was somehow alive, and that was all that was important. Her silent crying became thunderous once more, and she leapt up, shouting, Robbia, I'm sorry and every inch of her shook with excitement and sorrow and guilt. She ran past Arthur and jumped straight into Robbia. She clutched her close. She let Robbia's shorts absorb her tears. Robbia tactfully responded. What the fuck? I thought you were dead, Dinner said through broken sobs. I thought I killed you, and I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. Robbia did not fight her off. They were opponents just an hour ago. But right now, they were just an adult and a child, and one needed comforting. Still, Robbia took the gun from out of Dinner's clutches and eyed Arthur. She let the gun slide out of her hand easily. Before any of the adults could say anything, Dinner launched herself off of Robbie and around Arthur's legs. Robbia moved to stop her, but Arthur put his hand up. It's fine, he said, then looked down at her. She's fine. She's just a child. Easy to forget when you're on a drug cocktail trying your best not to pass out and save your boyfriend, Robbia said as she wiped cocaine off of her lens. Boyfriend? Arthur asked, smiling, before Dinner stabbed him in the fucking leg with her shiv. Dinner had once been told that the pain one feels when they have been stabbed is not immediate, that your adrenaline, mixed with shock, do much to temper the pain. She was told that this was the body's way of allowing you to not focus on what would normally be immediately debilitating to give you the option and the chance to function and escape the situation. She was told that often the pain is dulled until the shock wears out. This, apparently, was not at all what being stabbed feels like. Arthur looked like he was present and could feel in agonizing detail every centimeter that was pierced. He screamed, and panic erupted in the tent. Robbia picked dinner from off of her feet, grabbed the knife from out of her hand, and pulled her away from Arthur as he screamed in terror, pain, and shock. Ralph elected to scream with Arthur, which helped the situation not at all. Then, bravely, heroically even, Richard fled the tent and ran away, leaving the situation of screaming and blood far behind him. That was pretty smart, Robbia said to her as she held her outstretched in her arms. Why are you praising her? 
Arthur screeched as blood soaked through his pants. It's so the man with the mustache thinks I tried, Dinner said with an even tone. I don't want to kill you anymore. Ralph stared at Arthur's wound and continued to scream. Oh, that's good, Arthur said sarcastically. I am so glad you did this instead. Robbia put her back down on the ground and shrugged. It's what I would have done. She's a child. Children fail at things all the time. It's believable, said Robbia. Ralph, Arthur shouted while blood stained his pants. Stop screaming. Ralph complied, but his eyes never left the shiv. He pointed at it silently with a shaking arm. I see it, Ralph. Thank you, said Arthur as blood ran into his socks. Can somebody help me, he asked. It's not that deep, Robbia replied. She didn't hit any arteries or organs. Just cover it and put down some pressure while I find something to stitch you up with. We just came from a nearby medical tent, said Arthur. Let's just go there. Ralph stayed silent but let his arm fall to the side. Color began to return to his face. But all in all, Dinner thought that he remained utterly useless. Why should we go back? Robbia answered Arthur. The doctor is a soulless bastard pervert. I'm not going back there. Wait, he's a pervert? What did he do to you? Arthur asked while he undid his tie. Robbie shrugged, fished her pockets, pulled out a cigarette, lit it, and inhaled. I don't know, probably. Ralph came too. Probably? You heard me, pencil pusher. I was passed out, so how would I know? Hand me a sewing kit. Ralph found a first aid kit, and after dousing his wound with alcohol, something Arthur was not quiet about, she stitched him up while dinner watched and Ralph pretended to. So, Arthur said, whining in pain while Robbie was halfway through. There aren't going to be any consequences for her stabbing me? Dinner's heart sank. Nope, Robbie replied. Richard came back in the tent, his eyes wide in terror. He parted his lips to say something when the loudspeaker beat him to it. All enforcers retreat and regroup. Repeat, all enforcers retreat and regroup. Richard pointed behind him with his thumb. You guys need to see this, he said. About the Author M.P. Fitzgerald is an author and humorist dedicated to injecting the feverish gonzo style into fiction. You can get Memos from the Wasteland, which is the official prequel to this book, free. It contains hilariously bleak office drama, Robbie's diary, and Arthur's last letter from his father. To get your copy, just head over to his website at mpfitzgerald.art. You'll also get free updates on future audiobooks and more. We hope you have enjoyed A Happy Bureaucracy by M.P. Fitzgerald, narrated by Gary Bennett. Text copyright 2019 by M.P. Fitzgerald. Production copyright 2021 by M.P. Fitzgerald. Music by Dustmice. Available on all streaming services and dustmice.bandcamp.com. Oh, hi there. This is M.P. Fitzgerald, author of A Happy Bureaucracy, and I'm pretending to play the jazz piano.
<laughs> no one is holding a gun to my head to say this, but they are withholding the antidote. Funding for this podcast comes from ebook and paperback sales of A Happy Bureaucracy, the, um, the book. Send a warning to use straight-laced and prudish books on your bookcase by adding paperback copies of A Happy Bureaucracy, Fear and Loathing in the Wasteland, and Post-Apocalyptic Pirates. Just head over to my website, mpfitzgerald.art. Once more, that's mpfitzgerald.art.